Now premiering on the Studio DNA Network, Sif Pop Writers Room, a new show consisting of the writers of SifPop.com. On a rotating basis, we'll be discussing some classic movies we're watching for the first time, some comic book movies, some nostalgic movies, and what TV shows we're currently watching. But each week, we'll also be taking a look at the movies that are coming out soon and give our thoughts on how we think they will turn out. If you love movies, Sif Pop Writers Room is the place to be. So come on in and we will pull up a chair for you. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that basically has the superpowers of the platypus, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's even cooler than liquid molecules under a microscope. It's Andrew Ormsby. Uh, thank you. Did you know platypus are poisonous? <laughs> Is this podcast poisonous? I did not know that. I just knew they were uh, a various and a sundried mix of things that... Uh, looks like god's forgotten art project and you know i think that describes us fairly well uh each week we will chat about movies television whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds what is on our minds andrew what's on your mind poisonous platypus that's what's on my (laughs) mind right now uh we are in the midst of testing out bringing sif pop back to video and so you know it's a little bit different this week for us Nothing really different for you, but we're kind of figuring out some of the ins and outs of what it might mean to bring this back as a live weekly show via video. And I got to say, we're pretty excited. Uh, We talked with our members in the members show this week, kind of about some of the plans and a little more specifics and uh, fingers crossed may even uh, post for our members an example of what the video might look like. So kind of give them the first sneak peek uh, to kind of what's going on here. Um, but you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where we're trying to figure this out and do a great audio podcast, but also Andrew do what's known as a video podcast or (gasps) also known as a show. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we never thought we'd see the day he's admitting you're like it reminds me of like the that old guy that lives down the street that's always you know clutching to the past. He's like, no, I'm not. I, my steam engine's how I'm gonna get to work. It works fine for years. I'm just gonna keep on using it. But it's, there's these things called cars, Grandpa. No. <laughs> but it's more for for me at least. It's more about the people who only can use the steam engine, and I want to make sure the steam engine keeps running for those people. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a part of it where uh, you know podcasting is fun, and it's one of those things that that people love. So I don't want to ignore the audio only listeners uh, just to do an amazing uh, video show. But I think we can do both. I think we're going to try to do both. Both things are possible. Yeah, we're going to have lasers. We're going to have <laughs> explosions i i will say you know anybody who watches the live show may have you know a little bit more of the you know kind of interactive experience when you're live so there is that part of it get to see aaron's handsome face that well that's not what i was talking about but you're right that is definitely one of the things that you will get to see is my face and then you get to determine how handsome indeed that face is and uh and you know what you don't have to tell me it's fine. You can just we can, you can just let that be your secret. Um, now, Andrew, please please let him know exactly what you think about his face. I think that's 
Oh, I thought you meant let me know what they think about your face. <laughs> yeah. like, Please send I Andrew know all, all your the secrets, thoughts. Aaron. I Please know send what Andrew really all your thoughts you. on uh, on how I look. I would appreciate that very much. Uh, we've got a fun show. We've got a couple movies to review because, yes, those still do exist, and they still are coming out. Uh, yeah. So we're going to take a look at a couple movies. We've got a Best Ever Challenge again this week with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movies that we'll be getting to. And, of course, we've got our Buried Treasure as well. Um, let's kick it off uh, with a look at the movie Project Power. You don't know who I am and what I'm about, but I'll do anything to find that source. Listen to my voice. Am I lying? Welcome to Project Power. Our goal is simple. The next evolution of the human species. Here, take one of those before. It can make you strong. Make you invisible. You never know what your power is until you try it. You push that power, don't you? Yeah. On the streets, they're talking about superpowers, but they're not talking about how one hit could kill you. We are going to talk about Project Power from Netflix. A former soldier teams up with a cop to find the source behind a dangerous pill that provides temporary superpowers. Um, this is kind of one of those sci-fi concepts, very high concept kind of movie, and then just kind of build the world and see how you exist in it. Uh, it stars Joseph, uh, Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, and is kind of a different kind of attempt at a superhero thing. It reminded me a lot of limitless in some ways and yeah, and that it's, it's scientific superpower, not mysterious superpower. Um, although certainly it can be both. Uh, but I'm curious, Andrew, what did you think? Did you like it? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or it was just okay. I liked it right. Dead center of liked it. Dead. There's center- enough here for me to go. You know what? Yeah, that's fun. Not enough for me to even say really liked it because I have issues with it, but uh, no, I had a lot of fun with this. It was a fun movie. So when the uh, on the video, when the little uh, needle pops up underneath your picture and then moves back and forth and it lands, it's just straight gonna land ninety dead degree center. angle. Yeah, dead center on liked it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. This is a tough one because there were moments during this where I I was in the loved it category. I don't know if I was ever like extremely loved it. But there were also moments in this where I was like, this is a dumb movie. This is a really dumb movie. Oh, and yeah. when, when, I would, when I would get to those moments, I'm like, I cannot say I love this movie. Um, in the same way that I don't usually say I love Fast and Furious movies, I usually give them like high side of liked it. Uh, Fast Five may be the only Fast and Furious movie I would go like possibly into the loved it category with. Because it's just mm-hmm. dumb. It's just ridiculous. It's just silly, all that kind of stuff. So I am going to land very close to you, but maybe maybe the needle is, you know, bending a little bit upwards in the liked it category, but just barely. Um, but okay. I really did have a good time watching this movie. Uh, it, it really hits a lot of those buttons, uh, especially right now that I feel like I'm missing in my movie going because all of the blockbusters are waiting and delaying and not coming out. And this is kind of a blockbuster type movie. And so it kind it of is. pushed some of those buttons where it was like, yeah, big explosions and cool stuff and, you know, eye candy and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I had a good time. 
Well, yeah, we're trained as film goers to expect the summertime to be the big blockbuster events, to see the big explosions. This this is normally that time of year. So it maybe it's just a sense of familiarity, like, oh, yeah, this is what we're supposed to be seeing right now. But uh, I do think that there's actually a lot of things going for this movie that would make it stand out for me as opposed to a run-of-the-mill action movie. For instance, you mentioned in your original description of it that this is a high-concept movie. I think the concept for this one is fascinating. I think that it's a really interesting look on the way powers work, like a temporary, you know, effect, you know. Uh, there's there's kind of an addiction element to it, um, how it changes a city, Um the movie tries to make New Orleans a, a part of it, like a city. It felt a little forced to me. Even as a Saints fan, hearing everybody go who dat in the background, I'm like, yeah, you're, you feel like you're trying too hard to make me think this is New Orleans. <laughs> I wondered about that. Not a single person in this movie had a New Orleans accent. Not one. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, I think that the concept for this one is interesting, and I think it, it kind of refreshed my excitement even just a little bit for a superhero concept um to the point where i would not be opposed to a sequel or even a series within this world because i think that there's so much so much potential left they show a lot in this movie but i still think there's a lot of potential that this could you know spread and we could see more and be excited by it yeah, I, I really do dig the concept, and I think the movie does a good job at landing its rules and following its rules. It, it sticks to them pretty well. The, the dumb, ridiculous stuff I'm talking about, for the most part, doesn't have a lot to do with how well the movie follows its, its own uh, rules. I think it, it does that fairly well. I got a sense that they felt like they had lived in this movie. Uh, that they understood the world. It does. It does a good thing where it, it lets it lets you kind of see the beginning of this, but then jumps you ahead to where it's fully ingrained in what's going on, which I thought was really smart. Um, mm. And it conceptually plays with its world in a way that feels thought out, and I, I appreciated that. So yeah, I'm with you. I think conceptually, this movie does. Uh, a really good job. The other thing I really like is Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, and Jamie really? Foxx. Yeah, I like both of those guys, and I I really enjoyed um, I enjoyed watching them just get to play and have fun, and I thought they did a good job. Um, so now, by your response, I'm assuming uh, I'm assuming well, G Lev didn't do it for you this time. No, 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 no. Um, it, I, th I just think it's fascinating because after I wrote down all my initial thoughts for the movie, I went online to see what other people thought of it. And I was blown away by how many people were praising Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx. Don't get me wrong, I think they did a pretty good job for what they were given. I was shocked how many people were not just going ape for how amazing Dominique Fishback is. No, she's great. I think she is the best part of this movie, hands down. She is the best performance, she has the most interesting story, everything that revolves around her and why she is mixed up in this situation leads to just an incredibly fascinating, because Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, their storylines, 
I've kind of seen before, you know, their, their motivations for doing what they do. They're, I don't want to call them cliches, but they've been done. Hers, Dominique's storyline is totally fresh for me, and it is something that really made this movie, it elevated it to something that I could go, you know what, I would recommend the movie just solely for not only her performance, which I thought was brilliant, but also her story. So yeah. it's not that I don't think that it, uh, Joseph and Jamie didn't do a good job. I think they did. It's just that I'm shocked by how many people aren't immediately jumping to her. It probably has something to do, and obviously I'm guilty of this because I just did it, but it, it has something to do that we, we know Jamie Foxx and, uh, and JGL uh, for many things yeah. before, and um, especially with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen him just you know chew the scenery and have fun and, and take oh. over a role like this because he's been doing kind of he's basically been doing uh, live action versions of documentaries for the last several years has been like his kind of go-to thing so, yeah he did uh the walk and snowden yeah yeah i think there was uh, even a third one but i i can't remember off the top of my head yeah but. well 7500 which is besides this the most recent movie he's yes. done yeah and i haven't seen uh, that have yet you, you haven't seen that one Mm-mm. um i just saw that one a couple maybe last month and that's why I'm just riding that JGL train, as you as you would say, because uh-huh. the guy does good work. Man, he does such good work. So uh, I think I think we know them from other things, and so we don't immediately go to Dominique, but we should. Mm. We really should mention her in the same breath as Jamie Foxx and JGL because the three that trio is what really makes this work um, and work well. Uh, there, I mean, aside from Machine Gun Kelly, who you know, os- give him the Oscar now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should also mention Rodrigo Santoro. Oh, and, and Casey Neistat. Can't forget about that guy. That's right. Yes. A huge role. Huge role. Um, yeah. So I, I will say uh, Courtney B. Vance is kind of uh, underused in this. I was really surprised. Yeah. I was really surprised. <laughs> I don't know if it got left on the cutting room floor or what the case was, but I assumed we'd be heading back his direction every once in a while. We just don't. So when you get Courtney B. Vance, you use Courtney B. Vance. That seems it's like Andy Garcia at the end of uh, that one movie with uh, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Passengers. Passengers. Where yeah. he has like that two seconds. Like why? Why even bother spending the money on Andy Garcia if you're not going to use him? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so those are a couple of things I like. I also liked uh, the effects. I thought were pretty good. They're you know oh top notch. Yeah, and it looked great on my TV. Uh, it was yeah. gorgeous. 4K HDR looked beautiful. Uh, the sound was really nice. So like it, it delivered on those things that I like a blockbuster to deliver on, uh, and that and that was one of them for me. Oh yeah, the. Um the uh, effects, uh, like how people have powers, like the fire and the ice, uh, how it, it erupts from them. There's kind of a, a Requiem for a Dream kind of a nod there, like whenever they take the pill, you know, you get the the quick, like, psh, psh, tr- and like you see their eyes dilate and then mm-hmm. the, the liquid flowing through the bloodstream and stuff like that. The, trans, the transition from not having the power to having the power, those visuals are really good. And there's there's one uh, power in this. I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. It has to do with camouflage. Sure. I thought it was one of the most interesting and most well-done 
versions of that that I've seen maybe ever. It's just so because you you have enough to know what's going on, but there's still enough there to know what they're trying to do with, you know, hiding and stuff like that. I'm trying to mm-hmm. be vague, obviously. But uh, that might have been my favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah, I, I do enjoy... Uh, how they envisioned these powers. And a lot of that Mm -hmm. has to do with the quote-unquote science of the movie, um, which, you know, bases a lot of these powers on animals, those kind of things. And so they have kind of the groundwork uh, to work with and kind of idea of how that would look or what that would be like. And so, um, yeah, I thought the visualization was was really well done. I also, um, I laughed quite a bit i think this movie has a a sense of humor um i wouldn't say it's a comedy by any stretch uh it's not like i i I, it's not like i'll revisit it to laugh more that's not going to happen uh if i revisit it it will be for the the visuals and the performances and the world building um yeah but i did laugh occasionally it had enough of a sense of humor um that i got it it also has enough of a heart that I was with it. You know, there, there is enough of an attachment to the motivations of these characters, what they're going after. And especially as you mentioned with Dominique, uh, the, the storyline of her quote unquote power, we'll just say, um, I thought was really moving. I, I, and I think that's what the, at the end of the day, the movie is about is about using your, your power to turn the world upside down kind of thing. And, um, I just I, I there was something there that even though the movie didn't like focus on it mm-hmm. that I that I really loved. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Uh, it uh, it truly is a, a groundbreaking, not only for the visuals, which I do. I it may seem like sound like I'm overhyping the visuals, but I really do think that there's a lot of groundbreaking stuff going here. Um, but then you just got to look at those performances, like you said with Fishback. I mean, what she's going through. And the fact that her name is Robin is mm-hmm. a nice nod to, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that's not to say I don't have issues with this. Oh, movie. no, no. And it's time to get into them because if you've just listened yeah. to this part of the review, you're thinking, well, why didn't you both say you loved it? You've mentioned like four or five things you really liked. Yeah. There are way too many story arcs going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. And some that whenever it comes to the conclusion form just feel rushed. Or some are even just totally forgotten. Yeah. And it makes me think, like, why did you need all of this stuff to happen in the movie? You have an amazing concept. You have great actors. Why isn't this just an insanely good movie? And it comes down to the script. They wanted to tell so much in a limited amount of time. It's what makes me think that this was originally thought out to be a series as opposed to a a film. Because... With as many story arcs, it would it would work fine for like a, a number one season or even just a, a mini series. You know, it would have been perfect. But they try and do so much and introduce so much because so many people are, that are going to watch this are going to be so caught up with, "Ooh, look at this cool power!" "Ooh, look at this cool power!" and they're going to forget, like, "Oh yeah, they mentioned that earlier. Why didn't they come back and talk about that?" Or, "Wow, that's really how they're going to." You know, tie up that story arc. That was, that was, you know, not fulfilling at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's really the 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 crux of this or the uh, the crippling thing of this movie. It it doesn't juggle its narrative very well. 
you know, it it it, it sets up a, a perfectly fine complexity to its narrative. It just doesn't handle it well. Um, and it, it, I think you're right. I think maybe at the end of the day, it was trying to do too much, had too many balls in the air, uh, and just it just couldn't make it all land. Um, so I'm with you there. That wasn't my main issue with the movie. My main issue with the movie is just how ridiculous it is. And it it there there are moments where things make so little sense in a real world physics kind of way in a uh, follow through of what the science is saying kind of way uh, that I really can't get into until we talk spoilers, but uh, they're so ridiculous that it really cuts the, the, the movie's legs out from underneath it. I think, Mm. which is really unfortunate because again, you've set up a really interesting world. You just, you, You you prioritized the spectacle over the consistency. I get it. I understand it. Lots of movies do it. But for me, that can, uh, if you do it too much, and I'm not, uh, if you go to a point where I cannot, for whatever reason, make that transition in my mind to go with you, then I can't go with you. And this does that a couple times where it's just like it it does so much ridiculousness that I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't go with you there. I can't, you know, suspend my disbelief that far, um, which I can with other movies. You know, I mentioned the Fast and Furious movies. I know how ridiculous some of that stuff is, but for whatever reason, my brain's like, it's okay, we're good, let's go with it. You know, it's fun. And this movie, I think because I wanted it to be more, I think this movie hints at being more than that kind of movie, and and yet, at the end of the day, that's the kind of movie it wants to be. Well, the movie tries to make you think. There are certain scenes where it's like, oh, this is super serious, and this is super dark, and it's really, you know, intense. But then it sprinkles in that ridiculousness where you're like, I, I, you gotta, you got to choose. Because the Fast and the Furious films... They know they're going to be ridiculous, and from beginning to end, you get ridiculous. This movie tries to be serious and bombastic at the same time, and it just doesn't work because if it's so crazy going on, if there's so much craziness going on over here, it kind of dilutes and nulls the, uh, or numbs, I should say, uh, the the seriousness of what's going on because you don't, your eyes don't go to that and focus on that. Your eyes go to the explosions and stuff. So you don't really get to emotionally invest as much as parts of this movie make you want to. Yeah, uh, I agree. Overall, it's still a recommend for me. Uh, I still think oh, it's, yeah. it's something you'll, you'll enjoy. Uh, if you can let go of some of that stuff, you may even enjoy it more than I did. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it, I, and, you know, I, movies are good. I'm glad movies still happen. It's fun to watch them, and uh, and I'm glad Netflix has uh, some in the can that they can keep sending our way. Uh, you know, during this time, so um, yeah. yeah, recommend for me. Yeah, no post credit scene. Um, yeah, there's a little yeah, bit I, of a during credits kind of visual, but it's not at all a scene. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, again, the movie is Project Power. It is on. Netflix. Uh, let's move on to the movie She Dies Tomorrow. What is going on? There is no tomorrow for me. All right, listen, Amy, I'm really freaking out right now. I feel like you put this idea of dying in my head. Can, can you just call me back? Are 
You expecting someone? Hello, Jane. You okay? I just have this feeling I'm going to die tomorrow. But how do you know? I just know. Okay, so you don't know. Happy birthday to you. A woman's conviction that she will die tomorrow spreads like a contagion through a town. Uh, this is available on VOD to rent or buy at all the popular places. Um, and Andrew, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? I am trying to find the words to express how much I hate the movie. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is one of those. This is one of those that, like you, that could end up if you ever decide to do a ten worst movies of all time kind of list. Like this. Oh, this, oh yeah. This it's one definitely will be in the a top ten worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Like this makes the rhythm section look like the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> and because rhythm section is what I originally had as the worst movie of the year. No, I would watch rhythm section all day before I had to watch this garbage again. So the needle is buried in the hates it. The needle has been yeah. buried in the hates it. Um, yeah, uh, this is not a good movie and, uh, I don't hate it as much as you do. Um, uh, but I am slightly in the hate it category. It is bad enough for me to, to land down there. And, if if Project Power has difficulty juggling the the narrative that it is set up, this movie decided not to pick up any balls. It in has the first a narrative. <laughs> Project Power has a narrative. This this movie has no narrative, and I do think that's intentional. And I guess I I guess we do like to start off with the good things. That is what I the reason I don't bury my needle in the hate it is because this movie I do think is trying to do something different something unique something strange it's it i don't think this movie intends to have a narrative i think it tends to have an emotion i think it's this is a movie that wants to make you feel something now in our case it made us feel hate um yeah. but in this in movie your, didn't want, want to make me die tomorrow it wanted to make me die as i was watching it <laughs> you know it's interesting i wondered if this movie uh i wonder if it would have more impact with other people that are um having a more difficult time, more uh, anxiety during, you know, this pandemic. There's, you know, there's there's an interesting thing that could be going on here where this could be an exploration of what anxiety is. The idea of, um, you know, something that takes over your mind in a way that you can't escape it, uh, which I think is kind of what's going on here if I'm trying to read beneath the surface uh, as much as I can. And I guess for me, I kind of applaud that effort, you know, that effort to say, I'm going to do something that, that gets to the crux of how I feel right now. Um, it's just like, I, I just had nothing to grab onto and follow along uh, that was able to give me an inlet to that world. Go ahead, Andrew, go off on it. You know, say all the things. Oh, I'm going to start with pros. There are, there is some camera work in this movie that I'm like, Oh man, that's just a beautiful shot. But yes, fair enough. The problem with that is there's such a culmination of those scenery and just uh, trying to get a cool visual that it it doesn't leave anything left for a film. This could have been just like a slideshow of ooh, that's pretty, ooh, that's pretty, because forget how slow the movie is. It's only an hour and twenty five minutes, I think, and it's the longest hour and twenty five minutes of my life. Yeah, it's a really but, short movie, but it did not feel short to me. No, because nothing happens. There's 
that's the thing with time. You know, the more fun you're having, the quicker it goes by. You're like, oh man, that went by real quick. You felt every mi- millisecond of this movie because nothing is happening. It's it's a repetitive story arc of, oh, I'm gonna die tomorrow. Go to the next person. Oh, I'm gonna die tomorrow. To the next person. Nothing is happening. There's no, uh, like, how are we gonna stop this? Um, does this even happen? Or what does this mean for you? It's just people saying the same things over and over again. There is no third act, or really, there's no first act or second act. Um, I not now. No, I would say for- I I would say this movie is all second act. I agree with you. There's no third act or, or first act. But when there's no third act or first act, the second act can't be a second act. That's what I would say. This is all. This is a movie that is all in the middle, but the middle doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, you have to give me a reason to care about these characters. If they're going to die tomorrow, why do I want to help have them live beyond them being a person? Because nothing about a single person in this movie is making me go, oh, please, I need you to find a way to live. I need you to be the one to figure it out. Not a single person, and this makes me just sound like I don't care if people die, which that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say the movie doesn't give me reasons to care about these specific people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was really struggling to know what to hold on to. Um the movie, it's not like it even does metaphor in any kind of way that I can uh, that oh, I can I figure tried to out. Look for something. Yeah, I, there was not much for me to hold on to there. Um, I thought at one point the movie was going to be have something to do with uh, police because of the flashing red and blue lights. You know, like that there was some sort of element of of you know uh, being arrested or or something like that. Mm. And that's just I, I guess just how they feel is that red and blue blinking seizure inducing lights it kind Um, of reminded me of uh nicholas winning refn how he likes to use red and blues in his movie to the point where i looked up to see if he actually directed this movie because it's weird enough for me to go oh maybe it's one of his projects but nope it's just red and blues yeah yeah um what do we i mean what do you think about the performances i know i know nobody has given anything to really hold on to but you do have an interesting cast here. Um, you you know, Michelle Rodriguez pops up for a second. Chris Messina pops up. Uh, Josh Lucas pops up in a weird doctor yeah. scene. Um, and then you've got uh, Caitlin Schell uh, starting us off. Um, I don't know. What did you think about the performances in this? Here's what I'll say about the performances. They're all the same. And what I mean by that is everybody uh, is deadpan, kind of like a Shyamalan movie, how people... And Shyamalan's movies don't really show emotions. They just tell you how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just like over and over again. It's the same. Like the person might start off different, but we don't get enough. Like we start off with uh, Amy is the main, or the first character that we meet named. Um, and we see her the same from beginning to end. She doesn't change a bit. Then her friend comes in and we kind of get a sense of who she was, but we don't get enough of her before she turns into Amy. And then she goes off and makes a bunch of Amy's. And by the end of the movie, it's just everybody's an Amy. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't know why. And the yeah. mo- and the movie doesn't care to even tiptoe into 
any kind of world building. There's there's no world building going on here where you you know you can kind of grasp on you know what's coming, you know what is this event, what are they you know worried about? Uh there may be also child murder in this movie, uh FYI, which is, you know, really weird. It like it doesn't make it explicit, but you know, I guess I guess that's kind of spoilery. So let me say this: we're not doing a Sif spoil on this. There's no way we're going to spend <laughs> any more time talking oh, about no, this no, 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 than no. we have to. So if you do want to watch this, despite us both having it in the hate it category, which is totally fine, and sometimes that may make it more interesting to people. I don't know. Uh, but Rotten we are- Tomato says like this is an 85 right now, which blows what? my mind. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, I have some phone calls to make to my fellow movie critics. Um. So. The the idea of spoiling this is not that scary to me, so you know, jump ahead if you need to. Uh, but um, but there is a couple who transfer this fear of dying to their child, and then are having a conversation about should they have done what they did or what. And I'm assuming they're talking about killing their child. Andrew, did you pick that up from that section? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that um. Well, here's another thing about the performances. Everybody is whispering, and I can't understand like what half of their what they're saying in this movie. Yeah, eighty-five a, on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't have a, a problem with that. Um, you know, we. Uh, I also see that it's it's gotten um, a lot of lot of good scores uh, from from different people. So, yeah, I, I I need to call some of my fellow movie critics and say, hey, what did I miss? Because honestly, maybe we missed something. I don't know. I just. I did not find anything to connect to, and I I was interested in in Andrew. I don't mean to get too personal or anything, and if if you don't want to uh, talk about this, that's fine. I totally get that, but I know anxiety has been a part of your life, and you've been open about that. You've you know you yeah. have yourself talked about that, and I wondered if maybe there were parts you were connecting to, you know, on the anxiety level, like that those emotions made sense to you or those because that's the only thing I could find in this was that it was supposed to be some sort of emotional uh, visual description of what it's like to be paranoid, anxious, whatever the case may be. And I tried to put that uh, experience that I've gone through and try and see if that's what the movie is trying to say, like if that's what the metaphor is, like this is how uh, this person is feeling whenever they have a panic attack. Uh, Right off the bat, I should say, uh, anxiety and panic attacks manifest in different ways for certain of course, people. So yep. maybe this is just how uh, Amy, I forget what her name is, but the one who directed and wrote this, maybe right. this is how it manifests for her. You know, maybe she has a feeling of, I am going to die tomorrow, or, you yeah. know, a, a feeling like that. Um, for me personally, I tried to see if that, if, if I could uh, connect with it that way. It didn't for me um, because the way these people reacted to that that notion of you're going to die tomorrow was so deadpan that it didn't I didn't capture the emotion that I personally felt whenever I was going through that kind of stuff like I'm like how are you not losing it right now the the uh the the transition from uh like there's seven stages of grief you know uh the transition from the first six to acceptance was like so fast and i'm like what happened to the other stages of grief you went straight to acceptance before you just 
passed it on like a, a chain letter that you get in a bad email. Like, if you don't pass this on, you're going to die, you know, in three days. Maybe that's what the movie is about. Maybe it's like if those spam emails that you get were actually a thing and they happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as I look through some of the positive taglines or bylines, reviews, whatever. A lot of people seem to be mentioning how it feels very timely during the pandemic. Um, and I guess maybe that's what people are latching on to is the idea that because it's kind of a contagion movie in some ways, um, you know, maybe there's yeah. something about our modern uh, pessimism about life, about death, our modern, you know, the the way that, that we transmit uh, hopelessness to each other. I don't know. I, I I'm just telling you for me, I did not feel it, and I did no. not enjoy the experience, nor did I feel like the disenjoyment that I had was intentional or meaningful. And I know some movies aren't meant to be enjoyed, and this is certainly, I think everybody would say, this is not a movie that's meant to be enjoyed. But even a movie that's not meant to be enjoyed can mean something and be valuable to you in some ways, and I could not find that here uh, no. in the least. So. Yeah, it's interesting. We're both on the same page when so many critics apparently love the movie. Amy Simetz, I think, is uh, how you pronounce her name. Maybe Simetz. Mm. Um, but uh, but she both wrote and directed the movie. And uh, if you want to check it out, um, yeah, you can VOD it. She Dies Tomorrow. It is available to rent or buy elsewhere. Did you have anything else you wanted to, uh, to mention, Andrew? Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I don't know, man. Honestly... I, I there's not enough, it's it's shocking because there's not enough happening in this movie for me to say this was bad and this was bad and this is bad. It's really just this one thing is so bad because there's only one thing in this movie. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I can't really give a bunch of examples because there's only one. <laughs> the movie itself is just bad. Uh, so there you go. She dies tomorrow. Those are our thoughts. Before we head into the best ever challenge, uh, just a reminder and a thank you to our Sif Pop members. We appreciate you so much. Uh, if you want to support what goes on at Sif Pop, you can go to patreon.com slash Sif Pop. We have a bonus show we do most weeks. In fact, this week, um, we, we may put up some, uh, some video for our members to kind of get a preview of what it looks like to do these. Uh, we may edit out a little bit of the, the pre-show for you. Uh, if you just listen to the audio version, you can an hear Andrew lament the, uh, the movies he had to kick out of his top 100 after last week's, uh, member show conversation and, uh, hear us talk Farewell. a little more in depth. Hear us talk a little more in depth about the uh, plans for the video show. So thank you for being a Pop member. You truly make this possible. Uh, we appreciate you. Again, if you want to join up, you can check it all out at patreon.com slash siftpop. All right, let's talk about the best ever G-Lev movies. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, this is going to be an interesting list because I need to ask a clarification question to you first that will change dramatically my list. Um, oh, okay. are we, are we including Joseph Gordon Levitt, Ryan Johnson movies cameos? that have only his audio? Yes. I don't know <laughs> because <laughs> I know when I looked it up, I had no idea. First off, whenever I saw two of those movies, I'm like, Oh, I had no yeah. idea that was him. 
Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to say, sure. Okay. Go ahead. That way we can kind of spice up our list a bit, because otherwise I have a feeling we're going to have similar top five lists. Well, I This think way I know we're going to be spicing it up. Well, that's true, because you wouldn't have one of those on your list. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, let's. We'll, we'll go ahead and... I don't know. Maybe we just mention those now and say where they would have been at and then do our five as we have it? Or did you already have those in your five? One of those in your no, five? No, 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 no. They're not in my five. Well, why don't we just mention them then? Uh, yeah, Ryan okay. Johnson loves getting Joseph Gordon-Levitt into his movies in some way or another. So you do hear his voice in both Knives Out and Last Jedi. Um, yeah. And I, I would have had Knives Out at number two and Last Jedi at number three. So, uh, just so that's kind of clear. And you said you wouldn't, you didn't have either of them on there. Would you have had either of them on there? Uh, in my top five now. I mean, it's definitely to, not Last Jedi. Aside as from Last Jedi being your number one, I just that was obviously a given. But sure. I just meant yeah. other than that. I mean, top five that you know because there's really no other number one. You know, yeah. yeah. It's just it's a petty fifth, really. <laughs> All right, let's do our non, our Joseph best ever Joseph Gordon-Levitt non Ryan Johnson cameo movies, uh, which doesn't mean non Ryan Johnson movies because he's certainly in some of those that he's not a cameo in. Um, yeah. But let's kick it off at number five. I'll go first this week. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm going with ten things I hate about you at uh, number five, which is yeah. uh, one you may not really think of, um, but it's certainly right there. So yeah. I, I enjoy that movie. I think it's a lot of fun. No, you really think of that just like a Heath Ledger movie, but uh, yeah, and Julia Stiles. But right. nope, he's in that one. Absolutely. Uh, I am going. Uh, my number five is going to be a Ryan Johnson movie. Uh, I'm going to go with Brick. Yeah, it's a good choice. You're it's a good choice. Have you ever seen Brick? Yeah, I have seen Brick. Uh, it's very. I would call modern Shakespearean the way that. Uh, they use uh, sh- uh, s- slang and uh, like street code, I guess you would say. The the language they use in this is very different, but it's also fascinating because you understand what they're saying. Yeah. But uh, if if you don't understand, then the uh, physical emotion or whatever is giving you a sense of what they mean. Right. Um. The it's just a, a story about a young guy who uh, is trying to avenge the murder of a young girl, and it's it takes you on a ride. That's for sure. I love this movie. I think it's great. Yeah, I think that Ryan Johnson knows how to make great movies. Um, you think he knows how to make great every other movies? Uh, every other movie. Has, yeah, <laughs> but I think he knows how to great, make great all the movies. Uh, my number four is Don John. Uh, did you ever get around to seeing Don John? Yeah, I didn't like it. Oh, you didn't. That's we've, a bummer. We've had this we've had this conversation before. Okay, we reviewed fair enough. It, I think fair enough. Uh, yeah, I thought it was I, okay. I I really love what this movie had to say about sexuality, uh, and what it had to say about the difference in um, the idea of pornography as it relates to um, the fantasy of generally men this is this you know general stereotype but generally men and how that fantasy sexuality fantasy for women is just as much of a fantasy the idea of you know romance novels and and those kind of things and how it compared those two things and uh, really got to the heart of the idea of sexuality within a relationship uh, i will also mention as i always do when i talk about this movie 
it's not shy about its conversation or um, exploration of sexuality. So know that going in. But uh, but I found it very valuable and you know very important, and it seemed like a message that's uh, worth exploring. Uh, certainly, in a world where pornography has become something that's just so readily available and acceptable, and just you know something that's part of a lot of people's lives. Uh, so um, to kind of explore the possible ramifications of that in such a an interesting, meaningful, and yet still explicit kind of way is. I don't know. I wasn't ready for this movie, and it just kind of, it kind of sh- shocked me in a good way. So, yeah. Yeah. Good Very performances, nice. too. Oh, yeah. Very good. Uh, I, I will give it that. Um, from both Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Scarlett Johansson, they really understand the type of character that they're trying to portray. And Julianne Moore, too. Doing good work yeah, in there, too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, is this my number three? I think you're number four. Or number four, huh? Let me make sure. Yep. Okay, you're going to trump me, but I'll just go ahead and say it 50-50. No, I'm not trumping you on that. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Um, We talked about this uh, last week, didn't we? Mm -hmm. We sure did. Sure did. Yeah, with uh, Seth Rogen movies. Uh, Yeah, everything we said back then uh, still pertains right now. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen are great. Bryce Dallas Howard is evil, and uh, Anna Kendrick is adorable. (laughs) That's all you need to know. Uh, my number three is Lincoln. Trump. All right, fair enough. What's your number three? Looper. Ah, yes, another the, Ryan Johnson. Uh, every right? other Ryan Johnson. <laughs> That's movie. right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Woo. Uh. I. I love this movie. I think yes, there are issues with this movie. There sure. are huge issues with this movie when it comes to continuity with time and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Um. But from a performance and actual premise, this is a fascinating movie. And it's beautifully shot. It, it, it feels like, take out the time travel element, this, this feels like a, uh, a future that people could live in, you know? Um, I think uh, just Gordon-Levitt, with his makeup on to look more like Bruce Willis is just stellar. And the way he picked up his mannerisms and stuff, I think it's a great performance. And then you have Bruce Willis trying to meet him halfway and try and be a little bit like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think it's, it's a fun movie and it's, it's definitely a movie, no matter who I'm talking to, I would probably recommend it to. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Looper is a fun watch. Uh, I need to watch it again uh, and see if I can just kind of, let that time travel stuff go. But I know the first time I watched it, that was really annoying to me. And so it kind of shaded it a little bit, uh, in that way. But, um, but yeah, I need to check it out again. Um, all right. Number two, mine is 500 days of summer, uh, is my number two. Uh, man, I love that movie. It's just, it's such a good one. Yeah, it's really good. And again, I love a movie that has something unique and interesting to say about relationships. And I think this movie, uh, has plenty to say. So, that's my number two. Oh yeah, it's it's uh there are scenes in that movie where I'm like yeah it's trying to do the uh, the cliche uh, rom com you know but then it hits you with a reality mallet and you're like oh okay yeah that's I guess that's really how things might happen. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a good one. I definitely recommend it. So my number two, this is where I had Lincoln. Oh okay. Well, let's talk about it. Um, it's Daniel Day Lewis. 
<laughs> That's why it's number two. No, it's not. It's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> it really is. It's Abraham Lincoln, yeah. I don't know who this Daniel Day-Lewis guy you're talking about is, but they got Abraham Lincoln to star in this movie. Yeah. There's a reason why he's the greatest actor of all time. Well, you This know, is another example of, like, uh, it's not the greatest performance by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's the greatest movie that he is in. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm not saying he does a bad job. I'm just saying that yeah. he's on screen with Daniel Day-Lewis, and nobody can compete. You said Daniel. You know? I don't know who this Daniel Day-Lewis is. Oh, he's, he's on, on screen on... with Abraham Lincoln. Yes, you know? thank you. And, thank uh, you. That's who you watch, you know? It's one of those interesting things, too, where the Lincoln we see is such a fully realized human being and is not just the the caricature slash shadow of yeah. the idea of Lincoln. And you see him being s- sneaky with his politics and you see him, you know, uh, convincing people of things and, you know, being folksy and down home in a way. Uh, that doesn't lose his sharpness and it's just it's it's so completely three-dimensional and it's it's just a it's a beautiful watch if for no other reason than that they somehow took cameras back to the 1800s and filmed abraham lincoln so yeah i also like the fact that it's a movie it's not like a full biopic like from birth to death sure it's one very important singular moment in the life of Abraham Lincoln. And it focuses on that, the abolishment of slavery. It's that one moment and it's that one major thing he did. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, hey, let's go to the the theater. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And then something happens at the theater. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right. Our number ones then, uh, probably the same number one, I would guess. Uh, I, in fact, I know for a fact, since I, uh, put it in your dreams and made you pick it as your number one um you incepted me (laughs) i incepted your inception number one uh no i didn't have to we're both in agreement that this is a pretty amazing movie so one of the best of all time (laughs) yeah yeah it is one of the greatest movies ever made um it it, it's one of those movies uh that makes you appreciate the brilliance of uh the mind that is christopher nolan um is it mc escher who does mm-hmm. all those types of print yeah this is a if mc escher made a movie this is mm-hmm. what it would look like yeah uh yeah this is oh man and it's not only just a great movie this is when uh, this is the movie that made me realize oh joseph gordon levitt can act like mm-hmm. he gives a fascinating great performance on this one that makes me just go where have you been ever since 30 rock from the sun because yeah. It wasn't until this movie that I started going back and watching movies like Brick and uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to say some others whenever we do. Uh, honorable Trip, mentions. Or, uh, honorable mentions, yeah. But yeah. This is the one that made me think, oh, okay, so this guy can act. Let's see what other ones he can do. My favorite part is that you called the show he was on 30 Rock from the Sun. Uh which oh, is. <laughs> I meant to say Third Rock from the Sun. Thirty Rock from the Sun is like somewhere in the Kuiper Belt, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just as beautiful. All of a sudden, like uh, Tina Fey was in Third Rock from the Sun somehow, and Alec Baldwin, and it was this beautiful conglomeration. <laughs> um, I love it. There you go. Those are our top five. Let's talk about some honorable mentions. Uh, you already mentioned Snowden, so I th- thought I'd mention that again. Uh, he's incredible in that. The Walk, he's incredible in. So those are a couple we've already mentioned earlier in this episode. Um, what were some other honorable mentions that you had? Um, a movie that 
Aaron, if you have not seen, I highly, highly, highly recommend you go and watch. So close to making my top five. It was between this and Brick, and it was Hesher. Have you seen that one? I haven't, no. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's just Gordon-Levitt and Rain Wilson, who was in The Office. Uh, it's about this, this punk kid who just... Decides he's moving in with this little kid and the father right after their mother passes away. He just like strolls on in and he's like a magical punk head, uh, metalhead. And uh, it's fascinating how he uh, turns their life upside down. Also Natalie Portman in it. It is a, it's a really unique, one of a kind movie. Um, Very nice. And here's another example of, I hate baseball, but baseball movies are good. Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, I had that in my honorable mentions as well. That's a decent movie. It is. I like Christopher Lloyd. Um, 7,500. I did mention it earlier, but I do want to just mention it again. Yes, this is a very, very recent movie, but I do. It's a gripping from beginning to end. It is just it. the movie intentionally makes you feel anxious and uncomfortable. And what would you do in this situation? It's a fascinating movie. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the Night Before. Uh, I think it's just a pretty funny. It, it's 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 a good movie. I wouldn't like say you need to drop everything and watch it, but it's fun. Um, and then the Dark Knight Rises. It's the worst of the Dark Knight trilogy, but it's still a good enough movie that I would say if you're gonna go ahead and watch the other two, uh, just don't expect uh, it to be as good as the Dark Knight because it's not. Yeah, um, I also had a river runs through it. Uh, oh yeah, the Brad Pitt movie. I forgot he was in that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's you know he, he's he was, the young version of one of them, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but uh, but I I do remember enjoying it. Uh, premium Ru- Premium Rush. Did you ever see Premium Rush, the bike delivery movie? Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I thought it was great. I mean, I thought it was really fun. I had a good time with it. Um, so I thought I'd mention that. And then another one is The Lookout. Did you ever see The Lookout? So this is, this is. Uh, I think we've talked about this before, but I'd highly recommend this one. It's one that kind of falls under the radar for him, uh, but I think is one of his best performances. So not one of the necessarily the best movies he's been in, but definitely one of his best performances. Uh, so you can go check out The the Lookout. I thought it was funny. Uh, I guess this is a minor spoiler just for a line that's in... Um, project uh power but uh he is having one of the characters uh be a lookout for him and he utters the line uh you be the lookout it's such an important role for me or something like that um and i was just like oh okay i see what you're doing there i i see you jgl mentioning your previous movies um so uh so i thought that was a little wink and a nod to uh, maybe this movie but maybe not but uh but oh, i do he's, enjoy uh, it working so. with uh, jeff daniels again in this Mm-hmm. This came out uh, 2007. 2007 was a good year for movies, so so yeah. there you go. Maybe that's why it it's out. overlooked. But uh, but yeah, check out the lookout as well. Uh, we would love to know your best ever G-Lev movies. Uh, you can let us know at feedback at sifpop.com or hit us up on Twitter. Either way works. Uh, we're down to the buried treasure, my friend. What is that one thing yeah, in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Uh, I finally got around to watching a movie that I've been wanting to see since last year. It was actually one of my most anticipated movies, but one thing led to another. I never got around to see it. Finally saw it last uh, last week, and I gotta give a shout out to Richard Jewell. Oh yeah, that what'd you think? That movie is... 
That movie is good. I really enjoy that. Paul Walter Hauser is working on it at a completely different level from anything I'd seen him in before. Not to say, because uh, he's given good performances, even in Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. He really, you know, immersed himself in that character. And in I, Tanya, he was fascinating to watch. But I think that he's actually on a new level in this one. And then, you know, you also have uh, Sam Rockwell in this as well, and John Hamm and Olivia uh, Wilde, and uh, uh, Catherine, uh, why am I having a brain, brain fart here? Help me out. <laughs> Kathy, <laughs> Kathy Bates. Yeah, Catherine Bates. Who, uh, yeah, I think that she was uh, nominated for an Oscar for this one, and I get it. Um, yeah, that was just a good movie, man. Fascinating. It, it's not too long. Uh, it tells the exact story that you uh, you need to know and it doesn't you know spend too much time on you know other stuff and it's also incredibly impressive that <laughs> that Clint Eastwood decided I'm gonna make a movie and then four months later the movie was out <laughs> yeah yeah that was my main experience was with that was uh, you know all of a sudden it's award season and there's a, a Clint Eastwood movie that nobody knew was coming yeah <laughs> it's like wow okay all right Clint. Uh, well, when to, you're your 90s, you know how movies are made. You know, he's been doing it so long, he could right. do it in his sleep. Right. Yeah. Uh, what you got? Speaking of 90s, uh, the movie I'm talking about uh, came out, well, let's let's do the math here, uh, 82 years ago, uh, 1938, The Adventures of Robin Hood. Um, I've been, you know, trying to check some stuff off my list, and this is kind of one of the classics. Uh, that a lot of people talk about, and so I thought I'd check it out, and I'm really glad I did. Uh, I had uh, a good time with it, but really when you're watching something that's a classic like this, a lot of what you're getting out of it is context, too, and it's so interesting to watch Errol Flynn in this movie and just how smooth and cool he is for a movie that was set here. Another thing I really loved were some of the stunts and some of the horsework and some of the different things that you just know back then were way more dangerous than they are now. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, and also probably uh, more unethical <laughs> than they are now. And, uh, and you just kind of watch some of that stuff and you're like, wow, that's really impressive. Um, you know, the sword fighting is a lot more just like quick clang, 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 clang. You know, there's a lot less... Um, you know, Star Wars, uh, you know, Jedi kind of stuff going on. It's more just fencing. Uh, in I many want ways. somebody to remake Adventures of Robin Hood and just uh, put lightsabers. Lightsabers. In, you know? Yeah. 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 That would be fun. Um, so I, I really enjoyed watching it. It also gave context to like Robin Hood men in tights in yeah. a lot of ways. You can tell how much that that movie borrows from it. Uh, it gave a lot of context to Carrie Ohl's performance in Princess Bride. He is so doing oh, an Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn. Yeah, it is so very much Errol Flynn in that movie. And um, I don't know. I just I was I was really glad I checked it out and uh, would highly recommend it. I mean, you'll have to have the same patience you'll have with you know older movies with classic movies. And and there are some things that may you know you may laugh at, like when they would use they would speed up the film to you know capture a certain feeling or whatever, and it's obvious and. You know, it's just they're they're making movies in a different time and doing it in a different way. Um, but but yeah, no, I still found it really impressive. I should also mention nice. it's it's Technicolor, and yeah. so it's really beautiful. The colors are, are gorgeous, and I think a lot of times people think that color films was something that like a, a switch was flipped, 
in that you know they made black and white movies up until like 19 you know f- you know 50 or something and they flipped a switch and then it was in color and yeah. that is not the case at all uh they were able to make color movies as early as the the teens like the 19 teens like movies themselves had only been around for 10 or 15 years when they had the ability to to do color film and yeah, it look was at Wizard of Oz came well, out in 39 or 40 38 like I think it Wizard of Oz came out the same year as Adventures in Robin Hood um I could be wrong about mm-hmm. that but it was right around that time um but it's it's one of those things that that you forget because you'll look at other movies that happened after that and they're in black and white but every movie it's would cheaper. kind of kind of decide what to do based on their budget based on what they were doing what they were going for um so yeah you know and in my mind someday in the future you know people be feeling the same way about 3d movies you know like you know oh they must have just flipped a switch and then everything was in 3d and then you know we kind of lived through it where you know there were you know 3d movies as far back as you know one of the king kong sequels or or dial in for murder or even before that like the you know the technology is around a while before it's perfected in a way that audiences will enjoy it um so it'll be interesting you know it'll be interesting to see that but I, I thought that was an interesting uh, part of the experience as well so again it's adventures of Robin Hood uh, and it will it will give you a lot of context and I think is a really fun watch so there Very you go good yeah awesome. I enjoyed it we did it man yeah we did we took our podcast pill and powered through it was yeah this all- was a better uh, use of your time listening to us than watching she dies tomorrow <laughs> she podcasts tomorrow uh she podcasts is, tomorrow. is the name of the film uh thank you so much for joining us today for sif pop it is part of the studio dna podcast network find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching studio dna in your podcast player huge thanks to andrew for hanging out thank you buddy huge thanks to producer phil for producing the audio and video show although Thanks, you know, Phil. it's just a test right now but uh but phil can actually hear us so we're excited uh yeah. also much love and gratitude to our sif pop members for giving monthly to make sif pop a real thing uh starts at three bucks a month you can check out all the fun perks and all that stuff at patreon.com slash sift pop a lot of ways to connect with us feel free to email us feedback at siftpop.com uh, or you can hit us up on twitter i'm at aaron dicer uh, you can my DMs are open there, so you can you can reply there. You can also leave a comment, rate, uh, whatever you want to do at your podcast platform of choice. Uh, if it's Apple Podcasts, please comment and rate, leave a review. That helps quite a bit. Finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than picking a good leather jacket. Uh, we will be back. <laughs> We will be back uh, next week with some more uh, fun stuff. I know Unhinged is coming out. The Russell Crowe movie may actually be in theaters. Uh, imagine I think that. Tenant's coming out next week too, isn't it? Uh, no, Tenant's a few weeks away. Uh, maybe mm. two weeks away. Uh, I think first week of September. So actually, maybe three weeks away. Uh, Mulan will be coming shortly. There's also a Disney Plus movie that I think comes out this week. So we'll pick a couple movies and we'll talk about them next week. And we'll see you then. Nice.